Holy Father in heaven, we are grateful for your holy word. We thank you for its meaning in our lives, and we ask you, Holy Spirit, to be ever present with us this morning as we share some thoughts. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would touch our hearts with what is, is meaningful to each of us, and that we would grow in our faith as we see you face to face. Grant it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, they're taking their seats. Kids are always waiting for Christmas. It's a big time. How many are grandma and grandpas? We must have lots of grandma and grandpas. How many grandmas and grandpas love watching their grandchildren open up the gifts? It really makes our day. We were there yesterday with our two granddaughters as they're going away uh, this year, and so we had Christmas with them. Um, my, my wife and, and her sister were there, and I peeked over every once in a while to look at them when the gifts were being opened, and it was like there was a bright, shining sun going on. Their smiles were bigger, and their face lit up. Chris, children are always waiting for Christmas. I found some letters to Santa while I was looking through the internet this week, and I'd like to share a few of them with you. First one says, Dear Santa Claus, when you come to my house, there will be cookies for you, but if you're really hungry, you can use our phone and order a pizza to go. <laughs> or this other one, Dear Santa, I want a puppy, I want a playhouse, thank you. I've been, most of, I've been good most of the time, sometimes I'm wild. I love this one from a four-year-old. Dear Santa, I'll take anything because I haven't been that good. <laughs> or here's another one. Dear Santa, I'm not trying to ask for a lot. Here's my list. The etch and sketch animator, two packs of number two pencils, granola fat markers, and a big gift, my own color TV. Well, maybe you could drop the pencils. I don't want to really be selfish. I tell you, Christmas is a fun time of waiting for children. I recall when I was about eight years old, my two brothers and I thought we would find our own special place to wait for Santa Claus. See, I grew up in this military base, as I shared last week, and on our military base, we had a great big, big fireplace. I mean, it had to be about 10 feet wide. And you remember, some of you in my generation remember that we used to cover our fireplaces with a card table. We'd go right in front of the fireplace so they kind of hide the fireplace. So we had this big card table sitting in the fireplace when it wasn't being used. And my mom used to hide her clothes hampers in the side of the fireplace. There's a case company come over and nobody could see her, her clothes hampers. So my brother and I thought, I think we can see Santa Claus if we're really intelligent. So he and I took a flashlight each and we took a little book, a comic book, and we crawled into the fireplace into the ha clothes hampers and covered ourselves up. And we brought it so we could read, because it was all dark in there. And sure enough, being all cuddly in there and warm under the, under the clothes, we both drifted off. My mom and dad came home a little later, probably somewhere around 10 o'clock. They had been out having some Christmas cheer with friends, and they decided to come back to our place. And my dad said, why don't we light a fire? 
And so they pulled the table away. They were putting in kindling, and they were putting in logs, and that woke us up. And just before my dad struck the match to the fire, we came bursting out of the fireplace. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think my mom, my mom just passed out. And I don't think it was from the Christmas cheer. But we were anxiously waiting. This morning we want to look at two characters in our Bible story that were also waiting and learn some tips from them. These two characters. Simeon and Anna. What were they waiting for? What was it that Simeon and Anna were looking for? Simon is introduced to us, and he says that he was, he was a holy man, he was a devout man, and he was constantly waiting and expecting for the Messiah. Anna, on the other hand, was one of the mighty prayer warriors of the Scriptures. If you have read the Scriptures and looked for a prayer warrior, you want to have Anna. Eighty-four years. 84 years in prayer. I'm not sure today many of us can get 84 minutes dedicated to prayer. But this was a woman that was waiting for what? Let's look at what, uh, let's look at what Simeon was waiting for. Simeon was waiting for comfort. This was a devoted man, was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. He was looking for the comfort for Israel. One thing that we need to know that I, that I found impressive in my study this week is that both Simeon and Anna were not thinking of themselves. They were thinking of the nation Israel. And so when, when Simon was, was waiting and longing for the Messiah to come, he was wanting comfort for Israel. Things had not gone well for Israel for some time now. They had lost sight and thought that God had just somehow disappeared from them. And now they were under the rule of that King Herod. And Simeon longed to see the comforter come. In Simeon's day, the Messiah was known as a comforter coming. And he was longing for that comforter to come to Israel and comfort them, to be at peace with them. It's not surprising that, that God said to him, you know, Simeon, don't worry, don't fret, you will see the Messiah before you die. Don't worry about it. Well, that was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, according to the Word of God. And so Simeon longed for that comfort for Israel. And so when he came face to face with baby Jesus, when Mary brought baby Jesus to the temple, according to the custom, he looked at baby Jesus. Now, parents, you think about this. Supposing a senior in his older senior years with a long beard 
and you're carrying a little six-year-old baby, and he comes up to you and grabs it from you. I think you'd be a little startled. But what happened was Simeon grabbed the baby, and he praised God because he was face-to-face -face with the Messiah. The comforter had now come. And he was filled with awe and wonder. He was filled with joy. And it must have been a very happy moment for him. God answered his prayer. But what about, what about Anna? What about Anna? Anna was waiting for forgiveness. At that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Israel. Again, Hannah was not seeking forgiveness for herself, although I believe she did that every day. She was seeking forgiveness for the nation of Israel. Both Simeon and Anna were global-oriented. They did not want a personal savior just for them. They were looking for someone who would come to the whole world and comfort them and bring redemption to them. Oh, if North America, we could only grasp that truth. If we could only have the same insight in our hearts that we care for the whole world and our Jesus needs to be in the whole world. I get very excited when I see people going to missions. It excites my heart. Because I know that they're going to get way more than they give. Because God is going to bless them for what they're doing. And that's the kind of attitude and background I used this morning in speaking about Simeon and Anna. But I don't want to leave it there because I want to extract from this same passage of Scripture some truths that I think are important for us. And my, my, I don't know if my video guys will keep up with me, but I trust that they will. There are three steps to help us experience Christ for all seasons. I wrote in my notes, there are three action steps from this passage that will help us express through our lives the Christmas story, 360, 24-7. There are three actions that we can take as believers that will allow us to express the Christmas story for the whole world, 360 days a year, and 24-7. Now, I bet you want to know what those three steps are, right? Well, let me tell you. The first is become a marveler. Become a marveler. In, in verse 13 of our passage of Scripture, in, in, in the New American and the NIV version, says that Joseph and Mary marveled at what was being said about their son. They marveled. We, Christian, we need to be marvelers. Let me do this best by letting you watch this video.
I, I fear as 21st century Christians, we've lost the marvel of how great God is. And he wants a relationship with you and me. We need to become marvelers. We need to regain how much God means to us. Secondly, we need to become movers. We need to become movers. The whole Christmas story is filled with people who are moved, moved by the Spirit, Simeon, coming up to them, Anna. These people were on the move, but the whole Christmas story is about movement, the shepherds, the wise men. Everybody got moving, and we need to learn to become movers as Christians. And what I mean by that is not that we can walk and talk, but that we become sensitive to God's Holy Spirit when he prompts us. Have you ever been prompted and just said, I don't know? Not so long ago in our church in Airdrie, a young man came into our congregation. I didn't know him that well at the time, but he didn't look very well. He looked unhealthy, he looked sad, he looked despondent. And I was preaching that day, while Pastor Tim was away, and as I sat in my chair, the Holy Spirit was prompting me. He said, I want you to pray for that boy. We pastors like structure. We don't really like that kind of stuff, prompting us at the last minute. But I did. So when I, before I said to our congregation, I said, I'm sorry, but I, I'm really prompted to, to minister right now, and so I asked this young man if he would come forward. And he did. And I said, all I can do for you this morning is God wants me to pray for you. I laid my hands on him, and I began to pray. And in the midst of his prayer, he began to dry heave. It's like vomiting, but nothing was coming. And he was just, he was just wrenching. And at the end of the prayer, he kind of looked up at me, smiled at me, went back and sat down. That young man now has a pretty powerful ministry at Center Street with street people. I don't know what went on in his life. I don't know what that meant. One of the teenagers phoned me the next day and said, did you just do an exorcism? I said, you watch too much TV. I don't know what went on, but what I'm thankful for is I responded to the prompting. I moved. And we as Christians in the 21st century have to regain the confidence that we have a marvelous God and he might want us to move and not just sit here. He might just want us to move. Thirdly, we have to become a messenger. Anna said, verse 38, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who would look forward. I'm afraid in the 21st century church, even the word evangelism has disappeared. We still have a story to tell. And God still wants us to be the messenger. 
There's that old expression I read a number of years ago, and I close with this. That old expression I read that chap went up to heaven. He met St. Peter, and there's a lot of heavenly jokes about St. Peter. That's kind of a nice thing. It's a golf course thing. When you're a preacher, it's a golf course thing. Because when you, you get in, I go golfing, and I said, I'm all by myself, so you can fit me in. And they fit me in, and, they, and they'll often ask, what do you do? Well, I'm a preacher. You should hear the preaching jokes that come out then. Eighteen holes of them. But there's this time that, that St. Paul went up to, up to heaven and, and, and said to, 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 Saint, to, to Jesus, Lord, what if they don't do it? What if they don't tell? What if people don't tell? What if people don't become a messenger for you? What's your other plan? And Jesus looked squarely at Paul with a smile on his face. I have no other plan. I have no other plan. If we are awed and become a mar marveler about who God is and what he's done for us and what he can do for the world, it will cause us to want to move. And when we start moving, remember, we're moving with a message. And that is that Jesus Christ died on the cross in Calvary for you and I and that we can have eternal life. Three things that if we begin to practice in our lives, become a marveler, become a mover, and become a messenger, the Christmas story will last 360, 24-7. Let's pray. Father, I'm awed how simple your word really is, and yet so how much truth is sprinkled across the pages for our life today. And so, Father, take your word this morning. May we read the story over and over and be reminded of its truth. But more importantly, Holy Spirit, would you capture us as individuals, as a church, and allow us to marvel at who you are, ignite us to move, and let us just tell the simple story. For we ask it in Jesus' name. angels from the realms of glory and as you can see they were very effective messengers and we have to carry on that message in our time would you stand please for 182 angels from the realms of glory and this song will help us how important it is to convey